You're listening to the Unstoppable Business Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Lee. Bailey, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me. For sure. So I guess uh, when people ask you, what do you do? How do you answer that? Well, I tell them I'm a business coach for infopreneurs. An infopreneur is someone who is an author, a speaker, a course creator, a consultant, a coach, anybody that uses info products, ebooks, online courses, and things like that to earn their income. So I coach individuals that want to launch and grow their own infopreneur businesses. Gotcha. So what's your why behind your business? Well, I didn't actually go into business coaching from the start, from my nine to five. It was a journey in order to get here. So just a little bit of background on me. I actually uh, have an academic training. I went to college for engineering. In high school, I was taught that, you know, there's a particular quote unquote, you know, path, American dream, because I'm in the U.S. that we're supposed to follow. And so I was, you know, I did really well in school. I was high school valedictorian and won a scholarship to go to Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute. Institute, RPI, our nation's oldest engineering university. And I studied engineering. And when I graduated, I found my way out to California working as an environmental engineer. And it was around the age of 25, after having done that for a few years, that I started to realize that that's not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And that's when I started to think about what I did want. I wanted more time to travel, more time to see my family. I was living all the way in California and the rest of my family was back in Pittsburgh where I'm from. And uh, I didn't get to see them that often. I did want to make some more money. I did want more time for my philanthropic work. And so I said, I think what I need to do is become my own boss. I think I have to figure out this whole business thing. And that's when I got started with information products online, but not as a coach. I was actually doing stuff in the travel niche. So I've I went to, I did two study abroad semesters when I was in college. I've been to over 30 countries. I love traveling. And amongst my friends and family, I was always known as, you know, the travel person, the go-to travel girl. If people had travel questions, they came to me. So I started writing books and doing online courses about how to travel abroad. You know, today there's a lot of, you know, travel influencers on Instagram and stuff. That's not what I was doing at all. Instagram really wasn't around or it wasn't so much of a thing back then. It was, um, it was eBooks and courses, uh, helping people learn how to go abroad, visas, passports, vaccinations, things like that. And so, uh, a large portion of my audience members were actually college students because I had a lot of connections with people that were, um, you know, going abroad for the first time. I had a lot of connections with uh, the uh, study abroad departments at universities is what I mean. And so that's how I was able to, to kind of build my business in the info product space to get started. And then eventually I decided to switch over and start coaching people about info products. And that wasn't ever originally part of the plan. It was something that spawned out of the fact that there was a huge need for it. I had people originally it was my friends and family, but then it was acquaintances and even strangers on the internet who were sending me messages saying, Hey, how are you self-publishing these books? And how are you getting these speaking gigs? And how are you publishing these courses. I want to know more. And that's when I started sharing information about infopreneurship. I didn't know that's what it was called then. I didn't know that term, but that's when I started sharing information about selling info products online. And eventually that started to grow to a point where I had to sort of make a decision about what I wanted to do about my efforts and business. And I decided to move over to coaching full time. That was years ago. So I've been doing this for a while now and it's been really great. Gotcha. Okay. 
And uh, during this entire journey, I guess, how has your work impacted your students? Well, I'm really proud to say that as a business coach, um, we've had a lot of really fantastic successes, especially because my particular audience, especially when I was just getting started as a business coach, I was focusing on those beginning and budding infopreneurs is what I call them. Now I work with all sorts of infopreneurs, people that already have, you know, big successful businesses as well. But especially when I was just getting started, I was kind of focused on helping those beginners like I once was. And it's really exciting when you work with beginners because you know, they haven't really started anything. You know, most people came to me, they were individuals who were working a nine to five and they said, well, you know, just like you, Bailey, I want to start an online business as well, doing info products in this niche. And could you help me figure that out? And it's so exciting to work with somebody and to build something with them. You know, as a coach, that's really what you're doing. You know, you're dedicating your own time and effort as well alongside them to help them build their own business. And there's, you know, I feel a huge responsibility you know, for their businesses as we move along. But it's really fun because when they start out with literally nothing and then they're able to build something out of that, you know, you see them get their professional photos taken for their website. You see them get their websites actually up and going by those domains and, and then develop their first products and start building their email list. You get to actually see in real time how their business is changing and then how that is changing their life. And now, you know, typically my one-on-one -on -one coaching packages, you know, are only about three months or more, depending if people want to stay with me or not. But, you know, even in that short amount of time, we get to see a lot of progress. And then I do my best to keep in touch with my students and clients. You know, I have a, a Facebook group just for my students and one-on-one uh, -on -one clients. So I get to, you know, keep in touch with them about the work that they're doing in their businesses and continue to provide support as the years go on. And it's really exciting to get to check in with them from time to time and see, you know, a year after we're done working together, what has changed in their lives? Yes, I mean, there's certain things we can point to in their businesses. Okay, their email list has grown by this many thousand people or their revenue has grown by this much, but how has that then impacted their life? Did they move? Did they quit their job? Or, you know, were they able to go travel to that place they've always wanted to travel to? And so I can literally see how the work that we have done together, how not just my coaching, but the courses as well and the programs and stuff that I put out there, how it helps them move forward in their lives. Awesome. Yeah. So Bailey, when did you get started with um, teaching info products? Well, as I mentioned, it was, you know, around the age of 25 when I had that quarter life crisis, if you will, and decided that I wanted to start getting into the world of business. And so that would have been around the year 2013 or so. I think that's when I started writing my very first travel ebook. Gotcha. And what time did it, um, did you transition to um, actually coaching and um, helping other people with their info products? Yeah, that was around about 2015 is when I transitioned 100% fully into doing coaching. Gotcha. Okay. And I guess, uh, what were your first few clients like? Were they, were they much more different than the, the crowd that you were working with before, like the travelers that you were working with before? Well, sure, because, you know, like I said, whenever I was in the travel business, a lot of the people that I was helping, though not exclusively, were people that were going abroad for the first time. And for a lot of Americans, that tends to happen when you're studying abroad in college. Of course, not everybody, but a lot of people that I was working with were about college age, especially because of those connections that I had with the study abroad departments at the different universities uh, that I was working with. So when I moved into the space of 
coaching, you know, doing business coaching and teaching people about infopreneurship, I wasn't helping college students anymore. Um, my audience was definitely a bit older. You know, they were already people that were working in their nine to five. So, you know, in their thirties and even forties and, and beyond. So the clients that I have today are of a huge age range, men and women, all sorts of different niches, you know, different skill sets that they bring to the table. And that's okay. The one common thing that they have is that they all want to change their lives by creating an infopreneur business for themselves based around their life experience, knowledge, and skills. Gotcha. Okay. Was there any big challenges that you had to face when you changed niches? Well, sure. I mean, essentially, when you change a niche, you're starting your business completely from scratch because you're serving a brand new audience. It has nothing to do with how old they are or whether they're men or women or anything like that. It has everything to do with the problem that you're solving. So whenever I was in the travel space, the problem that I was solving is these individuals don't know how to go abroad. They've never done it before. They're not travel. They're not experienced when it comes to travel. So I'm educating them about the information they need to know. So that's a hundred percent different from teaching people about here's how to start an infopreneur business online Two totally different things. And so the challenge was that even though I was transitioning a business, it wasn't a transition. I was transitioning what I was doing, but what I was really doing was starting a brand new business. I was no longer Bailey, the travel expert. I still have some of those info products online and things, but I was moving my attention full time to doing coaching. So I had to rebrand myself as Bailey Richard, the business coach. And so, yeah, I mean, when there's all sorts of problems that come whenever you're trying to start a new business, you know, where do you find clients? How do you grow that email list? Doing my first virtual summit really, really helped whenever I was trying to grow that coaching business, um, you know, substantially in a quick manner. That was a huge you know, thing that really helped me. I actually do my virtual summit every single year now. We just finished our fourth year earlier this year in April 2019. Wow. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's, there's tons of issues that you face when you're starting a new business. Gotcha. Okay. So I guess, um, was there something that was more compelling about this uh, new niche once you stepped into it that uh, sort of drew you away from the, the niche that you're working with before, the travel niche? Yeah, that's a really great question. There were a lot of factors that went into my decision. I think um, some of the factors, if I'm being honest, the first one was profitability. So when you're you know, working with college students, the reality is there's only so much that you can charge. And yes, I did have certain, you know, agreements with, you know, a certain study abroad, you know, departments at universities, as I mentioned, you know, you can get paid to do, you know, a speech or a presentation or something like that. And, and maybe you get paid a little bit more. But when you're talking about the info products, about the ebook, and the online courses and things like that, you know, there's only so much you'll be able to charge. But whenever you are in the business coaching niche, the make money online niche, if you will, you can charge more because there is a direct ROI that you're promising or encouraging people that they'll be able to get from taking your product. You know, it's, Hey, if you sign up for my coaching, I will literally help you start a business where you can make money from that. So there's this feeling that, you know, someone's making an investment that's literally going to get paid back over time. Right. So um, that's the first thing. The second thing was that, um, the content that I was putting out, <clears throat> excuse me, as 
a travel expert, it was really difficult to keep updated because the world of travel is always changing and so many different things are changing without even notice because the government, you know, will just come in and say, well, this is the new visa requirement or this is the new passport requirement or whatever. And so having to go in and change the books and the blogs and videos and stuff every single time was becoming kind of impossible, especially for one person to handle because at the time I was just a team of one. It was just me. And so I had to think about, you know, what was going to be easier on me and doing something that was a little bit more evergreen. And in the business coaching world, a lot of what you're teaching is marketing, right? You're teaching marketing and sales funnels and things like that. And in general, I mean, there's always a few new things that are happening, you know, maybe a new piece of software or something that comes out, but the basic business principles that you're teaching don't change. So that was another thing. And then I think that finally third, it, it was that, that I had to recognize that I was going to age. You know, there was a, obviously I'm, I'm only 31 now in 2019 when we're recording this interview. So I'm definitely not like too old to teach college students, but there was a sort of, you know, wonder, a question in my mind that I had about, you know, when I, if I was going to keep running this business until I was, I don't know, 50 or 55 or something. And and I didn't even know if it was going to last that long, but I thought, well, if it was, Mm -hmm. you know, could I really be, you know, the, the travel expert that was going to teach college students? Probably not. Probably I would have had to make some sort of switch and I wouldn't be really serving that audience anymore. Maybe I would be serving, you know, people that were going on their honeymoon for the first time, but had never been abroad. Or maybe I would have had to get into travel planning or something. I'm not sure because uh, that's not the path I followed. But there was this question in my mind about, you know, what is the longevity of doing this niche for years to come. And I sort of realized that, well, probably I'm going to face more hurdles in that niche rather than in the business coaching niche where we know that, you know, there's people serving individuals of all, of all ages because, you know, online business is something everybody is interested in. Um, so that was another factor. There were probably others, but I think those were kind of the main ones. Are you an expert or course creator trying to monetize your online course? Well, Use our one-page template to get more paying students to your online course without marketing overwhelm or sleazy sales tactics. You can download this for free at unstoppablebusiness.com. Now, back to the show. So Bailey, it seems like you're quite comfortable in the role of being an expert. Would you say you ever suffered from like imposter syndrome or anything like that? Not really, if I'm being honest, and I know that's probably not the answer that you want, because I think a lot of people do suffer from imposter syndrome. I'm a person that just in general has kind of a certain amount of confidence in the things that I do. But I think part of it was that I always went after clients and positioned my business in a way where I never felt like I was ever stretching the truth. You know, there's some people out there who might start a business and they might call themselves a business coach and they might make some claims which aren't true, or they might be trying to get, you know, these really big clients by making big promises they can't deliver on. And I never did that. I basically, I stayed in my lane, essentially. Like I mentioned, when I was starting my business coaching business, I was primarily at that time going after the beginning and budding infopreneurs. So I was was helping people that were in a similar situation as myself, you know, individuals working their nine to fives who wanted to learn how to start doing info products the way I did it. And now that my business has grown and I've been doing this for years, yes, I do help people that are a bit more advanced. And I'm okay with that because I have the skills and the experience and tons of credibility and social proof 
and I know that I can get them the results and I'm fine with that. Right. And so I developed my brand and my brand grew as my experience grew. And so for me, that's how I warded off the imposter syndrome. Even when I worked, you know, doing the travel products, it was the same thing. You know, I just told people like, Hey, I, I didn't go to school as a travel planner. I've just been to this many countries and I did two study abroad semesters and I've circumnavigated the world and I've done all these other cool things. And so I'm just going to tell you everything I know about travel. And people are surprisingly receptive to that. I think that there's actually, believe it or not, a certain um, anxiety that your clients might have if they feel that you are too above them or too expert, right? You know, I, I mean, imagine, yeah. I mean, imagine like, you know, getting to meet, you know, Tony Robbins or whatever, you know, really famous, you know, rich, successful person. And, and, you know, you're going to learn from them. That, that's like, so sometimes be intimidating, but I think that sometimes if, you know, people hire somebody that's just above them a little bit, a few steps ahead that just says, Hey, I'm just going to share my knowledge with you. Sometimes that can be so much more comforting to them and relatable. And, uh, and that's basically what I was going for. Gotcha. Okay. So Bailey, uh, during this time when you were creating all these products, um, you know, from the travel business all the way to like your coaching business, your um, all of that, would you say that you were still working like a nine to five job? Was there any other supplemental income when yeah, you were doing so all that? Yeah, so when I was getting my travel business started, I was still working my nine to five as an engineer. So I was getting my business started at the same time. Then what happened is, and I didn't share this part of the story before, but um, what happened was I actually left my nine to five and went to grad school at MIT. And I did that for a few reasons. The first reason was that um, I really wanted to move back to the East Coast. My whole family was in Pittsburgh and uh, MIT's in Cambridge, Boston, Massachusetts. And so I wanted to move back to the East Coast. And I thought that would be a really good catalyst to do it. But another reason was that I wanted to go all in on my business, but there, there were nerves. I was not sure if that was the right move at the time. And I wanted this kind of transitional security where I would have time to grow my business. And before I went fully self-employed and fully dependent on myself, but at the same time, I was still kind of building something, you know? And so going back to school for me was right. the right decision. Especially because you know what college is like. I mean, even grad school, you don't work nine to five, right? You you know, you have class at 8 a.m. and then class right. at 6 p.m. And there's all that time in between. And I specifically went to study entrepreneurship and I actually got an advisor um, at the Sloan School of Business. She's actually a dean there. Um, and when I went to MIT, I made it really clear what my goals were. I said, I'm here because I want to grow my business and I want to get this degree and I want to meet um, other amazing people and I want to do cool stuff. But the truth is, I want to be fully self-employed when I graduate and I need to do what I need to do to make that happen. And so school provided me, grad school provided me the time freedom that I needed. And also to your question, the financial security that I needed because you don't get paid a lot as a grad student, but because I was living in a grad housing place, my housing was totally paid for. And also I was getting a stipend, a living stipend because of MIT is a research university. Now this is not me telling people, Hey, go back to grad school and take on tons of debt so you right. can start your business. <laughs> I don't support that. My school was paid for. I took out no loans for MIT. I did not take on additional debt. If I had to take on additional debt, I probably wouldn't have done it because that would have put me in a worse position than I already was, right? Um, but for me, transitioning out of nine to five life by going back to grad school and getting this degree and being able to grow my business so that I could be fully self-employed when I graduated was the right decision. And if I'm being honest, there was definitely a part of me that was like, well, 
even if I don't succeed at the business and I'm not able to fully go self-employed yet, and I do have to go back to a nine to five or something, um, I will have gotten a degree at MIT. So obviously that's awesome. So not a waste of time. And then I will at least be back on the East coast. So kind of closer to my family, closer to my goals. And I will have made progress by doing this transition. Right. And so it did work out and I was self-employed and I still, I still am. And it's great. Um, but you know, there was sort of apprehension. And so for me going back to grad school was kind of like, um, just being, what is it? Mitigating risk, right? You know, it was like, well, I could just leave my job and go into my nine to or go into full-time self-employment and maybe fail. And, and this could be disastrous. And then what do I do? And, or I could take this kind of lateral move and go to grad school and work on the business and give myself more time and accomplish something in the meantime. Mm, gotcha. Okay. Would you say that, uh, the grad school really laid a good foundation for you, uh, when you start like doing your own business? Sure. I mean, so the thing about education, right. And whether it's in any field is that it's always like a couple of years behind, you know, so you right. have to recognize that, you know, there were certain things that I learned at MIT, which were super useful. Um, but then there's a lot of stuff that I learned outside of the classroom in my own studies. And I think it was a combination of both of those things. You know, the, the courses that I took at Sloan school of management helped me learn a lot about, you know, different business entities and what I wanted to do for my future and how I could run my business to be more sustainable. I got a sustainability certificate um, from the Sloan School of Management while I was there. And, um, you know, it taught me a lot about, man you know, company management, not necessarily something I put into use immediately because I was just um, myself, you know, I was only a right. one person business mm -hmm. owner, but now I have employees. And so learning a lot about management and, um, and also just kind of learning a lot about how academia thinks that business should be versus how business really is was educational and kind of eye-opening. And, um, so yeah, I think, I think it was good. I don't think that anybody has to go back to grad school to start a business. I think I learned a lot. I think it was beneficial. Um, but I don't think that it's a requirement. I mean, I, obviously I coach and work with tons of people. Every, nobody that I've coached has gone back to grad school. Instead they've hired mm -hmm. me, which is great. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't think it's a requirement, but do I think it was beneficial for me and I got something out of it? Yeah, of course I do. Awesome. I see. So Bailey, I guess with your experience and your know-how nowadays, if you can go back and teach yourself one skill at that younger age when you were starting your businesses, what skill would that be? Well, I definitely wish that I had done my virtual summit a lot earlier. And I even wish that I had done my virtual summit in the travel business, which I never got a chance to do. I never put one together for that. Um, hosting a virtual summit is like hosting an online conference essentially. And it's a huge lead generation event and money maker for your business. And like I said, now I do it every year. So I wish I had learned a lot about that earlier, but I think that going a little bit more broad, whenever we talk about things, I wish I would have known. I think my biggest thing, and this, the summit plays into this is that I was doing business alone for a really long time. And I don't mean that, you know, it took me forever to hire employees. That's not what I mean. I just mean that every single day, you know, and I think there's a lot of people who are trying to do online courses that might relate to this. You know, I was getting up and sitting at my computer and typing, typing, typing away at my blog. And then, you know, maybe I would talk to a client or two, you know, on a call and then I would go back to bed and wake up and do it the next day. And I just didn't realize the power of networking. I didn't realize that your colleague, that your competitors are not competitors, they're colleagues. I didn't understand that concept and I didn't put it into full use until I started doing my summit. 
I didn't realize how I could leverage other people's businesses who are already being successful to help me grow mine in an ethical way. And so if there's one thing that I wish I could go back and tell beginner business Bailey, you know, it's get out there, network, meet people, go have those coffee chats and, and not just the coffee chats, but then do something with it, build a summit or a podcast or, you know, what have you. And don't just, you know, sit around blogging, creating your own content. That's good and important. And we all should be doing it, but you need to be leveraging other people's platforms and creating those connections and doing work together to grow your business. I wish I would have done that a lot sooner. Oh, wow. That's incredible. So Bailey, I guess, uh, what was your first virtual summit like and how did you organize that? My first virtual summit was back in 2016 in May or the spring, definitely. And, uh, I organized it all myself. I hadn't taken a course or anything like that at the time. And, uh, I knew about virtual summits though, because I had been a guest on other people's summits before. And I knew about the good things that could happen to your business from a summit because people who people who'd hosted them, who I knew were always touting how awesome they were. And so for me, um, I think I was just looking to do something different. You know, I kind of reached this point where I felt like I had plateaued already in my business. You know, I was blogging all the time and I had my website and I had some clients and I was like, what can I do? You know, I have to do something that's really going to help accelerate me more quickly because I don't have years and years to spend on this. And that's when I had the idea that I was going to do a summit. But to be honest, even I was pretty skeptical about whether or not it was going to work. But I figured, you know, give it a try. And if it doesn't, you can write a case study about it for your blog and or, you know, a free download or something. And then you can move on and try something else. But I was really amazed. It took about 90 days. Um, now I have a course teaching how to do summits called virtual summit school. And I teach my 90 day process. Basically it's three months, three phases, the planning, creating, and then launching of your summit. And that's the process that I followed when doing my summit for the very first time. And, uh, the results were really incredible. Now I say incredible I mean, I think we came out, you know, with a few thousand email subscribers and a few thousand dollars in profit. But for me, what it was, was a minimum viable product, basically, you know, it was like, okay, I did a basic summit, you know, could this be something better? And I, after I had gotten validation from that, we turned around and in, it wasn't even a full year, it was like nine months or something. Um, we did the second summit in 2017 and, uh, we were able to quadruple our results in almost every category and, you know, it continues to get better and better every year. And that's, you know, anything you do in business, launch a course, write a book, whatever, you're not going to do it right the first time you're going to make mistakes. And it's through the process of doing it that you learn. What did I do wrong? How could it be improved? And also we do the same summit every year with different speakers, but it's called the infopreneur summit. We cover the same topics. We use the same funnels and it's meant for the beginning and budding infopreneurs that are just getting started in this world. And that's kind of how we introduce them to infopreneurship and to all these different topics. You know, we, we talk about courses and self-publishing and sales funnels and all social media branding, all sorts of things. And so because of the fact that we reuse a lot of stuff, it was so much easier the second time and the third and the fourth, because we already have everything created. You know, it's like, okay, well, we already have the promotional images done. You just change the speaker's name and picture. We already have the funnel done. You just change the speaker's name and picture. So, right. you know, there was a lot it's still a lot of work, but I think in general, there was a lot less work, you know, the, the different years that we did it. And, um, so we were able to kind of escalate our results a lot with that. Oh, that's awesome. So Bailey, what are some projects that you're working on right now? That's most exciting to you. 
Well, we just wrapped up a relaunch of Virtual Summit School. It's an evergreen course that's always available, but I was adding a bunch of new materials to the program. So we kind of did like another proper launch to my email list. Um, you can learn more about that at virtualsummitschool.com. And uh, now that the end of the year is coming up, we're recording this just before Black Friday. So I've got a couple of new eBooks that are coming out for people towards the end of the year here. And then to be honest, I'm not really launching anything really big right now or coming up as we go into the new year. One of the, I actually just wrote an email newsletter blast to my list about this. One of the things I'm trying to focus on over the next couple of months is kind of getting things in order. People have this sort of idea that info products, you create it once and then it's done. And that's not true. They actually take a lot of maintenance. I mean, even as I was saying, you know, the, the, business and marketing has a lot more evergreen content. You still have to go and you have to revisit things. You have to make sure your links are all updated and you have to make sure the content that you're sharing is true and all this stuff. And so, um, one of the things, the missions that I'm on in my own business over the next couple of months is making sure all my content is fully updated kind of before I launch anything new. I, I hold a very strong position that too many infopreneurs tend to go from launch to launch to launch, and they're just looking for that like next big, bright, shiny thing that's going to bring them the six-figure launch that they so desire, that they kind of forget that, number one, they already have people that have bought their programs that they need to fully support and be there for, um, and that takes time. And I know that's not necessarily a revenue-generating activity because those individuals have already paid for your course, but you've got to show them that support because they might buy something in the future, right? And then, um, you know, I think that, you know, people don't realize that there's more money to be had from the programs that they've already made. You know, they just do that one launch and they move on to something else and they don't think about, well, how could I make this evergreen or how could I make this better? Or how could I find a new audience for this or how, you know, and, and people need to spend time thinking about that. So I'm going to be taking it easy, I suppose, a little bit over the holiday season, the next couple of months, I'm doing a little bit of traveling over Christmas and New Year's as well. And just kind of focusing on revisiting some eBooks and courses that I have and trying to make them better for my group. Great. Yeah. So Bailey, you mentioned the mission, like your uh, few months vision. Do you have like a a mission for like five to 10 years from now? Five to 10 years. Wow. Nobody's really ever asked me that before. Well, I definitely, I mean, definitely for the next five years, I mean, I obviously intend to keep running the business that I've been running. Um, I recently bought a home here in Pittsburgh. And so my kind of, one of my biggest personal financial goals is that I need to pay that off. And so I think that I'll be kind of focusing on that. Um, also in my personal life, I'm a huge traveler, as I mentioned multiple times. And so I'm going to Australia and New Zealand next year and Glacier National Park. And I've got a couple of other places on my list that I want to hit. So I think think that my vision, you know, for the next five years is to continue doing what I'm doing. I'm going to be doing my summit every single year. Still, I'm going to be launching, you know, a couple new programs, trying to make sure that I've got a fully fleshed out library of content for my audience, keep producing original content for my blog. That's my most popular resource, free resource for my audience. Um, keep trying to partner with different business owners. I'm, I'm a huge partner with ClickFunnels. I do a lot of stuff for them. I've run some of their summits before. And so I'm going to keep trying to find industry partners and people that I can work with in order to grow my own audience and grow my own authority, um, grow my own Facebook group and my own email list and stuff like that. 10 years down the road, I don't really know. Um, I think on a personal level, I'd like to spend a little bit more time on a mission in the nonprofit world, you know, taking some of my own income as well as my own time and investing that into something worthwhile. Um, so we'll see. The truth is I'm not really too sure about that, but I know that it's, it's going to come. Nice. Okay. So Bailey, is there anything else you want to say to our audience out there listening? 
And I think for anybody that's considering doing online courses or infopreneurship, as I call it, you know, it can be a really great way to kind of get yourself acquainted with the world of online business, even if you don't have any formal training um, or in business or anything like that. It's a great way to get started, you know, trying to figure out your own path to financial freedom. And especially because it's something you can do while you're doing your nine to five, you know, there might be a time when you finally need to make that leap into self-employment, but there's so much that you can do and work on your website, your brand, your photos, all that sort of stuff, your blog, you know, while you're still doing that job, like so many of us are in. Um, in fact, when I work with my one-on-one clients, you know, so many people come to me and are so excited, you know, when can I leave my nine to five? And I tell them probably not for a little while. Um, there's a lot of stuff you can do with still having the security of that paycheck. But, you know, for anybody that's considering it, go ahead and make that leap. Do something today, you know, go buy your, your name as your domain name, you know, like baileyrichard.com or something like that, you know, go, um, start a Facebook group, you know, go write up some blog posts, you know, get started, get your feet wet. And over time, action brings clarity. And by doing stuff, then you'll start to see where your path in all of this lies. 